0: pittsburgh steeler fans welcome to the sunday night q a this is jeremy betts and i'm joined by chris pew chris how are you doing tonight man
1: i'm good i'm excited to be with you man i, I feel like we're yeah. aging rock bands and we've done our own <laughs> thing for a while and we're finally performing together this is our first time podcasting ever i'm excited man yeah. how are you
0: i'm doing great uh co-ops of any kind are fantastic for the btsc crew and uh Looking forward to talking some Steelers with you guys. Looks like we got a few people in the live chat. Shout out to you guys coming in and taking a a listen and a watch to this Sunday night Q&A. Sundays are busy days for a lot of people, and you wouldn't think so, right? Typically, it's like, hey, Sunday, day off, right? But a lot of people go to church a couple times. A lot of people have fishing trips. And Chris, you had work today. Man, what's going on with that? Oh... I do work with USA Today. just had to work on
1: Sunday. Gotcha. Just It happens, but we met. We're alive. It's good.
0: There you go. Well, uh, I just got back from Raleigh to Asheville, North Carolina. So it was like a four-hour drive. Got home at about 7 o'clock, and uh, we drove through a lot of rain. But other than that, no, not too bad. So we'll jump in here, and we're going to talk some Steelers training camp. And then we're also going to answer some of your questions if you have any uh, I've got a, a Jaredevil, I've got Claude Bishop, George Teston, State of the Steelers. Man, that's a that's an interesting question, right? We'll, we'll, we're going to try to figure that out here some tonight. But uh, looks like a bunch of guys uh, just here to chat Steelers. And uh, if you guys have any questions, feel free to drop those and we'll talk about those. But Chris, I wanted to ask you, man, it is, it is two weeks from one of the biggest days of the year. And that's the start of training camp. And uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers going to report, be reporting back to La Trobe College uh, or St. Vincent College in Latrobe, Trobe and uh, back to the old grindstone in a place where Mike Tomlin's familiar with uh, trying to find guys who enjoy the misery. Right. And there's going to be some misery out there. We're going to talk about some guys we're looking forward to seeing. But um, how do you feel about the guys returning to Latrobe this year? What's what's that like for you?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's exciting. I think for the fans especially, there's a, a history and a tradition of going to La Trobe. Obviously, with COVID, mm. things had to change. But thankfully, we are seem to be getting back to normal. So it's good to see them returning to La Trobe. It'll be exciting to see. I mean, really, Jeremy, this is probably the most anticipated training camp in the last I don't know, 20 years. I mean, I think, first of all, I've seen mm. the quarterback, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But I think right. the Steelers have less guys that there's more competition for a lot of positions and a lot of potential depth. And the hope for the success of the Steelers is if some of these guys are competing for depth positions can break out. And if they, a lot of those guys do that, the Steelers could have a really good year this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing the upside of some of these guys and, you know training camp we don't see a lot of like hey how these guys are going to look on the field some of these guys are workout warriors they know how to practice and look good and then come game day we don't we're not sure so it's going to be uh, fun to see what we get uh let's let's talk uh real quick ron schultz had a question here and uh it's a fun one right we've been talking sure for a couple of weeks now and i don't know if i'm going to get used to it man but uh Ron says, if the Steelers cut a side deal with Heinz and Kraft to keep the ketchup bottle scoreboard <laughs> at Akriturge Stadium, yeah, that's about right, uh, the kerfuffle over naming rights stops instantly, correct? What do you think? What do you think, Chris? I don't know, man. Um, I'm probably going to get booed
1: out of here. But, look, I, I like tradition. I like Heinz Field. Yeah. I like Three River Stadium. But, look, they got offered $150 million over 10 years to change their name. Right. If I got offered $150 million over 10 years to change my name, I'm signing up. Call me Acresher tonight. I'll yeah. just sign up for that. <laughs> I know this right. tradition. I love the tradition. I hate to th- see things change, but when you read how much they got paid, look, You know, take the ketchup balls down, whatever. Here's the money the Steelers need to operate, and at least they're spending on prop- appropriate places. They re-signed sure. T.J. Watt. They resigned signed Mika Fad- Fitzpatrick. Hey, if they can keep current players, change the stadium name, money helps the team compete and stay well. It doesn't bother me as much as it does other people.
0: Sure, and you know one of the things I've been always been thinking with this whole thing, and I'm not a huge fan of the name, like Acershore Stadium. Yeah, eh, whatever. Not a huge fan of like what the the actual name turned out to be, but um, the fact that it's not Hines anymore. That's not necessarily the problem for me. I think it kind of fits well that Ben Roethlisberger is the face of Heinz Field, right? And we're going to have a new face, uh, a new stadium, and hopefully some new faces, hopefully to uh, to secure that name as one of the great stadiums uh, again, as well a place where some Super Bowl champions reside. And uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger going out after 2021, stadium changing from Heinz Field to Shore Stadium after 2021 it kind of fits to me with uh, his departure there so um, I, I see what you're saying but to be honest if you it's a money deal I mean mm, if this happened
1: halfway absolutely. during Ben's career and somebody paid up $150 name would have changed 10 years ago and again yeah. I love the history of it you know what I'll be honest with you, let's get back to train camp discussion, because I think why this became such a big deal is we're antsy. We're ready for training camp. So we're yeah. on edge, we want to see these guys in the field, so when stuff happens like them changing the name of the stadium, we all freak out and get panicked. I mean, hmm. and I think that's why we're everyone got freaked out with the same name. I mean, let's, you know, put jerseys on and start hitting people. I mean, that's what we're all waiting right. for. The anticipation is making us kind of freak out about small stuff like same names.
0: Yeah, man. Hey, replace the ketchup bottles with money bags, right? Dropping dollar bills, and it'll work.
1: If, if the Steelers win, they can make it mustard. They can have ham hey, sandwiches on the scoreboard. I don't care. I mean, right? again, love Heinz Field, but again, the name of the game is winning. I mean, if if they go 2-15 and 15 next year in Heinz Field, ugh, I mean, the record's more important to me than what the same name is.
0: Sure. Uh, our partner in crime over here at BTSC, Dave Schofield, makes a good point. And, uh, you know, it's just it's the, the name of the game, it looks like, but Kraft Heinz worth $45 billion, Akersher worth $3.8 billion. Sounds like uh, somebody wanted it more, right? Yes. That's what we're talking about in...
1: Football. yeah let's scream if, if we want to have this argument and i I'm, i feel awkward having the argument because it's not a big deal but if we sure. want to yell at somebody yell at hines yeah dave's right i mean come on uh, yeah any up hines i mean you've got billions right. of dollars why not and, and it's marketing i mean i work in marketing and a lot of times it depends on how much is it worth for someone to take out an advertisement and Apparently mm-hmm. Heinz did feel it was worth enough. So yep. if you want somebody angry, at, and that's where our country is going to these days, get mad at Heinz, not agriculture.
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, let's let's do circle this back around to uh, training camp, and uh, also say hi to Reginald Rivers from Bartlett, Tennessee. What's up, Reginald? Thanks for joining us here on the Steelers Q and A from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. com. We're going to talk some guys we're looking forward to it, to see at training camp, and. Uh, you know, I think the quarterbacks are kind of a given here, so let's kind of go with some guys that maybe under the radar, Chris, and we'll talk uh, a couple guys here that maybe you see having a big impact on position battles or you know just on their individual career and what they what the Steelers' season is going to look like coming up. Who's who's on the top of your list as a as a guy that might fly under the radar a little bit, but uh, a guy we need to see some good things out of in training camp.
1: I'm curious about the receiver battle. I'm a little bit Mm. um, grumpy toward Deontay Johnson and Claypool because they they didn't compete up to expectations. I mean, Johnson had a good year, uh, but sometimes Johnson didn't step up as much as I wanted to in big games. So I love the fact that, you know, you have Austin, and I love the fact that um, Pickens, you know, they drafted them. Mm. I want those guys to push Johnson. I want them to push Claypool. And I like the guys. I saw one of the commenters talk about Boykin. I think Boykin was underused at Baltimore. I think Boykin could become a guy that's usable for the Steelers. Um, you look at Anthony Miller. Um, he really connected well with uh, Trubisky during the time with Chicago. Can Anthony Miller break out? Uh, mm-hmm. Gunnar Olchewski, I, I think I'm saying his name right, um, he was a great <laughs> uh, punt, yep. uh, I mean, a returner for New England. I don't think he's going to be used that much in receiving, but if they keep him... He may take somebody else's position. So it's a really deep spot. I don't think everyone's going to stay with the Steelers. Maybe it's a position they could trade from uh, at the end of sure. the uh, preseason. Uh, and I'd like to see how those battles develop. And I want to see some of these guys flash. Again, uh, Johnson's good. I, I think he can even do better. I want to see him and Claypool flash. And I want to see the rookies push those guys.
0: Yeah, and uh, Andrew Wilbar brings up a good point. Another partner in crime here at Behind the Steel Curtain. The guy I know pretty well from the Steelers fix. Andrew says, Would you trade Deontay Johnson if you could get at least a early to mid second round pick? What would what what do you think about that? I would only
1: trade Deontay Johnson if I see enough in these other guys where I say, Wow, mm-hmm. even if Deontay is the best, um, you've got development from some of these other players. I mean, mm-hmm. hey, the draft next year. Why why are we trading guys already for the draft next year? I only trade Deontay Johnson if I'm saying, "Dang, you know, Anthony Miller's has really progressed, and uh, the other guys that just mentioned progressed."
0: Yeah, you got to see some somebody who's able to take up those wide receiver one reigns before you get rid of one, right? And I think Deontay Johnson is that for the Steelers right now, and maybe that changes this year. We will see. Uh, let's move on to a, another question. We had uh, Mike Moore says, "What about running back? What about?" Benny Snell, he doesn't seem to be too high on the Benny Snell train. What do you think about Benny Snell, Chris? I'm not seeing enough consistency for Benny Snell. Uh,
1: One thing I'm frustrated about about the Steelers, even back to the times of old Le'Veon Bell, I want to see more of a um, different guys being used. Obviously, Najee is going to be your number one guy, your key guy, but... I, I miss the days of D'Angelo Williams where you could have Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams coming. Mm. I think there are those type of running backs that are still out there waiting in free agency. I'm looking at guys like David Johnson or Jarrett McKinnon of Kansas City. Mm. I think those guys can be picked up. I, I think those guys won't cost that much money. I think those guys can be a real nice number two. I'm not saying Batesnell needs to be shutting the door. I get a little uncomfortable if I'm, I'm saying Bane is definitely my number two running back.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I you know, I think the Steelers kinda need they need a second guy that doesn't necessarily profile as a replacement bag necessarily for Harris, but a guy that can fill a role in that offense yeah. well enough to allow for multiple guys maybe to fill in for a couple weeks if Najee Harris goes out with an injury. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Let's not speak that into existence, right? That would be a big deal, but um yeah, I just I just think Snell's not not the guy, uh, the the right style. And I think if you're gonna if you're gonna have a guy behind Najee Harris, technically it needs to be multiple people with uh, strengths in different areas that can uh, provide the Steelers with some kind of uh, compens- compensatable run game uh, for uh, the situations where Najee Harris isn't a go. And then in those cases, also you've got guys that can fill in for roles if. Najee even just needs a breather on the sideline for, for a player too. So uh, definitely something to consider. If I'm looking at somebody specific um, in training camp this year that I would love to see take uh, another step in their development, I would love, I just want to see um Akela Witherspoon on the back end of this defense. I want to see if he, if he brings that respect from the offensive players, like, Oh man, this guy, this guy's going to be something special this year. If we start hearing talk from the the offense that, or from these wide receivers that they don't want to go up against Akella, or or even that they they do want to because that's what makes them better. You know, that's something that I'm looking forward to see. It does Does Witherspoon have what it takes to be? our CB one this year, you know, or does that fall to somebody else? Is Levi Wallace, that guy? I don't know if the Steelers necessarily brought him in to be that guy. I think they kind of pegged that role for Akello, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm interested definitely in those two guys. Uh, Brian Brown has a question. He says, do you think the Steelers have adequate offensive line depth? Chris, what do you think there?
1: Uh, that's a million dollar question. I, I, mm. I I don't know if I'll go as far as to say it's adequate. I will go as far as to say it looks a billion times better than it did this time last year. Absolutely. And I'm, and I'm hoping. I mean, I'm hoping they could develop. I mean, it, it's a great question about Brian, but I'll be honest with you, Brian. I wasn't sure about two or three of their starters last year, let alone any depth. <laughs> I think I feel a lot yeah, better. Yeah, I feel a lot better about their starters. I think mm. uh, Chooks is still... A question. I, I've heard some of the guys here on the network say, hey, maybe he does better in this system. I hope that's the case. Uh, Dan Moore, I like how he progressed over last year. Mm-hmm. I'm still not ready to bet my life on if Dan Moore is going to be the left tackle of the future. Um, but sure. again, it's a lot better than was last year. We need to wait and see what happens in training camp as the season starts.
0: Absolutely. And they, they're giving guys a shot this year to either prove they've got it or you know, hey, we're going to find your replacement next year. And they've got the ability to do that in the draft and free agency. So, you know, some of these guys that have shown promise, can they take that next step? It's going to be very intriguing to see that. I think some of them can. I'm, I'm excited for Dan Moore Jr., I'm excited for, um, for either Dotson or uh, Kendrick Green, one of those guys to really take the reins of that left guard spot, see what they can do there. Uh, very, very interesting. To see, let's let's go back and talk some quarterbacks here. We do have a question uh, from Claude Bishop. Thank you. Will Mitch be starting by midseason if he's still healthy? Chris, I've got some opinions on this. I want to hear what you what you think.
1: I think in the Steelers' mindset, they would love for him to start being by midseason. I think Kenny Pickett. It would shock me if Kane's not starting sometime this year. But I think the the ideal would be is look at Mitch as a transitional, stopgap quarterback that plays decent, consistent mm. enough where uh, Pickett can develop. I think if you know Mitch is faltering horribly and you got to bring in Pickett in the first or second game, that may not be the worst thing for Kane Pickett's career. But if you're looking at how you think the Seals would do this year, it means it won't probably work out well i know right. ben in his rookie year he came in as the second game it worked out well the as made the afc Tel game but to be honest if you the group around him was so much stronger than the group they have sure. currently this year so i think that's where the difference comes in
0: yeah it is and um you know i'm i'm uh, working on a piece for the website about mitchell trubisky right now and you know i think there's just as good a shot that he is fantastic as that he stinks Um, just based on where he came from the talent that he displayed in college some of the stuff we've seen in Chicago despite poor surroundings man alive the guy's got every opportunity to be special as he does to to be replaceable (laughs) you know early in the season in my opinion and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in that article uh, coming out hopefully this week sometime but uh, I've I've got a I've got a tr- Trubisky crush right now, and uh, hopefully hopefully he doesn't disappoint me too much. But I will say this: Kenny Pickett. Also, if he gets a chance this year, totally hundred percent ready to see this guy play, and rooting for him to be the guy. Uh, I, I'm rooting for him to be everything he can be for this team. Absolutely, uh, great question there. Claude, uh, Brian has another question here. Um, or Brian Brown says, do you think the Steelers run defense will get back to where it was in say 2019? I'd like to think that they have a shot, but, uh, what do you think, Chris?
1: Stay healthy and they can do it. I mean, Hmm. look, uh, Larry Ogunjobi, I think helps out what you're doing. Uh, Tyler, um, he helps out what they're doing. And I know these guys are getting older, but you know, they're not dropping off on their playing. Um, Kim, for all the injury issues that the Steelers had last year, I thought Cam still was uh, unbelievable, and I mm-hmm. think if he gets that help, just from guys staying healthy, it'd be okay. Why I like the Ogunjobi signing is he provides. I mean, he could start, and it wouldn't shock me if he starts. But now you've got depth. I think once uh, mm-hmm. Ty got hurt last year, it's like, oh crap, we got nowhere else to go. But I think they've got a lot more consistency. If they have healthy, yeah, they could definitely get back to where they were in '19
0: yeah um i like the ogan signing a lot because i think it allows the pieces that they were hoping to be depth pieces and not starting pieces to be that and develop i don't think the steelers necessarily drafted demarvin leal this year in this draft to come in and be stefan to its replacement in 2022 i think that that was fleshed out when and you know the steelers kind of agree there when they signed ogan and uh you know, it, it allows a guy like Liao to develop behind Cam Hayward uh, to get some valuable reps as a as a role player uh, coming in. I think he's going to have a role there. I think uh, Montrevious Adams as well. It doesn't put so much pressure on these guys to be the fix, you know, and uh, fill the shoes for um, for Stephon Tua, which are pretty big shoes. Uh, continuing to talk about the defensive line, we got Reginald. Rivers saying, Chris, name your seven defensive line players that will make the team. That's pressure. Pressure's Uh-oh. on there, Chris. What All you right, got?
1: Well, well, help me out on this because you're the expert too. Um, yeah, <laughs> oh, boy. You, definitely you got to look at Cam. Definitely you got to yes. look at Ty. Uh, Alulu. Uh, you, definitely you got to look at Ogunjobi. Uh, yep. definitely, I think those are your top
0: three, right? Those are your three yeah. guys you're thinking start in the lineup most of the time. Well, going into these- the season.
1: They spent a third-round pick on Leal. So, yeah. unless Leal forgets how to play football but before the regular right. season. He, he's staying with... Third-round draft picks stay with the team in most times. Yes. Uh, so, you got four there. I think Chris Wormley is another mm-hmm. guy that I wouldn't necessarily say he's guaranteed, but I think as long as he plays consistently, he's there. Um, I think Martavius Adams is another good mm-hmm. pick. That's six, and... I, um, I think I'm forgetting some Should make it. Help me out on this. Isaiah
0: Laudermilk, I think, yes. should make it, yes. right? Yeah.
1: I agree. I agree. Yeah.
0: And, uh, th- those would be my seven guys right now, I think.
1: Right. And I think you've got a couple other guys, like, you know, the Davis brothers are still out there and everything, mm-hmm. that unless one of the top seven folders, and I would be shocked. Uh, maybe Laudermilk, since he's younger, but I think the yep. top seven are there. Um, you know some of those other guys at the Davis brothers. Maybe they make your you know practice squad, but uh, sure. that's my top seven. Um, and here is the other thing too: they generally keep seven. What if they keep six? Maybe one guy's on mm-hmm. the move in a trade. You never know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think um, warmly probably as the vet player that is costing more than some of these rookie guys. If these if they're um, equal to or better than him in. Uh, the Steelers eyes and maybe he finds himself as a, as a cap saving cut sometime in training camp. Um, There's the potential for that, but you know, also the Steelers need as many veteran presences in that locker room as possible. I think they feel the same way and they're going to um, keep as many leaders as they can, as they absolutely can while giving these young guys a chance to prove their worth. Um,
1: But some of these guys are injury-prone. I mean, I I would love to see Ty be healthy for a year. I don't know if I would bet you a quarter of my pocket they will. So, I mean, (laughs) you're right. Right. Have the veterans, have the depth. Just because you have seven good guys doesn't mean you have to start getting rid of them. I think having that depth, if you can maintain under the cap, is preferable. It's good.
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's get back to some guys we want to see with this question here. Claude Bishop says, will Pat Fryermuth play at a Pro Bowl level this season, Chris, I'm sure you feel the same way. This is a guy I'm really looking forward to see in training camp, what his development looks like in year two. What do you think about Pat Fryermuth? Pro Bowl level this season? Um, I think
1: he's going to be good. Uh, let me yeah. say something that will be controversial because, you know, we, we want people to get upset. The only concern <laughs> I have about Pat Fryermuth was – First half of the season, Pratt Firemove, I'm like, all right, let's get the bus ready for the Hall of Fame. Everything's good to go. But then he tailed off. You see a lot of rookies. The season's too long. It's 16 games, a lot longer than they played in college. Now it's 17. 17, yeah. It's crazy. Uh, Let's go back to 16. That's another argument for another day. But I think (laughs) Firemove, like a lot of rookies, you know, you're like, oh, wow, this is long. And you don't know it until you face it. And he kind of tailed off a little bit toward the end, uh, and he admitted it. I mean, it wasn't anything awful or nefarious. So I'm hoping in this development, we see a lot about how he's working hard during the offseason and everything, hope he develops the stamina and everything so he can look good in weeks 13 through 17 as good as he looked maybe for the first 10, 12 weeks.
0: Sure. I think one of the things the Steelers do extremely well as a staff is – communicate to their guys how important it is to be ready for that 17-game season in year two. And I think you see these guys really put in the work in the offseason. We've seen huge leaps from guys in their second year. Le'Veon Bell, one of those guys, lost some weight, right, and uh, improved his receiving ability and took off in his second year. Uh, You talk about – even like Chase Claypool last year, he talked about hitting the rookie wall in his rookie year – and uh, he wasn't as effective down the stretch, but um, I don't. I think more scheme had to do with some of his issues last year, and uh, but he was he was a physical force on the field for all 17 weeks. He he his he wasn't injury prone going down the stretch. He had a he was in good physical shape. I think the Steelers teach their guys well to do that. Um, so I think Fryermouth has a good chance to be Pro Bowl talent. But that being said. Who are some of those guys in the AFC You know that he's competing with? He's got Mark Andrews, who's going to be a focal point of his, his offense. He's got Travis Kelsey, going to be a focal point in his office. There's probably some guys I'm not remembering. Darren Waller, you know, yeah. focal point in that offense as well. So he's got he's going to have to really be special this year to be a Pro Bowl caliber. Now, can he take the next step and be a fantastic tight end and not make the Pro Bowl? Yeah. I think he can also do that as well. Brian Brown says the Steelers are going to have to cut some receivers who are the ones that don't make it. You got anybody that's like, Ooh, I don't know if we're going to see this guy come the the end of training camp.
1: Well, I saw a comment in the chat saying they're going to keep seven receivers, which is entirely possible. Mm. So, I mean, you're looking, you know, Chase and Deontay, they're definitely in. Um, I look at Pickens and Austin as definitely being in. Um you know, I, I think you look at Miller and you look at Boykin as guys are in. Um, again, maybe I'm forgetting somebody, but th- those would be probably my top six. Um, Gunner, again, Gunner's not your traditional receiver, but I guess if you right. assume you keep him, he's kind of got that receiver role. So that's my seven. Um, chat or um, Jeremy, am I forgetting somebody?
0: We've got, um, let's see, Steven Sims. Got I think it's uh Cody White, um, and then some other guys that are like practice squad level guys. Did did you mention um, Calvin Austin in that yeah, group yeah. of guys? Okay. Yeah, okay. you are definitely yeah, keeping th-
1: those guys. Yeah.
0: Um Sure. I, they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven wide receivers on the roster. It looks like if they keep seven, that's five guys seeing the door, you know, so or four guys seeing the door. It's going to be very interesting to see uh, how that shakes out. but uh, okay, well, I think,
1: let, Let's be really honest. Yeah, go ahead. Ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Steven Sims is a real nice guy. Um, I cover, <laughs> sure. I do some coverage of Ohio State for what I do here in Columbus with USA Today. Very Hey, impressed. go bucks After the tragic death of Dwayne Haskins, yeah. it Steven Sims was one of the guys that spoke at his funeral. Steven Sims was a great, great A-class guy. Steven Sims probably isn't going to break your top seven. Um, sure, Cody White. I know they hired his dad. Um, I'm going to accuse the sewers of all kinds of you know nefarious you know family ties if they keep <laughs> Cody White over you know one of the top seven guys. Sure. those are great sure. guys for a practice squad. I, I think you've got your top seven set, unless somebody overwhelms that we're not anticipating.
0: Sure. Andrew Wilbar. He loves his boys, right? Well, Sims could be the next A.B. if given the opportunity. I don't know about that, Andrew. I don't know about that. Sure. That's and, it. <laughs> well,
1: it's fine. We're all entitled to our opinions. Sure, opinions. yeah, and absolutely. The old, the old comment. But, you know, Andrew's has, <laughs> Andrew loves his um, the Stephen Sims and Mike Willis, and that's great. But, you know, hey. sorry, I mean, we all have our opinions. I mean, who are you keeping Stephen Sims over? up with that right way. and if yeah he, if he flashes and does great fine i mean you, they can keep him but i'm just looking at everything i've seen so far hey maybe i'll be the next ab if you give me opportunity it's probably <laughs> not going to happen you know so right and, and also do you really want to be the next ab you, you'll be good for a couple years and you'll start whining and you'll end your career by walking off half naked uh, from an nfl game i mean come on you know what are we talking about here so
0: sure there you go um you know, Steven Sims, to me, kind of is on the, he's on the same cusp as Anthony Miller, in my opinion. I think those guys, not necessarily the same player, but the right. same position on this roster. So uh, if it's an either-or position, it probably is either-or between those guys. Two dogs, one bone, as Mike Tomlin likes to say. Mike Moore says, you mentioned scheme. Do you think with the major changes on offense, do you think the full implementation of the canada offense will be successful i have some seriously high hopes for the canada system i don't know if we'll see it flesh out and uh, and be like a top 10 unit this year but i think it's going to be something that will change a good bit from last year i think the offense is going to look different uh just because he's got players in place that can run the offense he likes it's not going to be a a rothless canada hybrid system you know what i mean
1: yeah, yeah, I understand. Big Ben was not the fit for what May Cannon was trying to do. Absolutely not. But uh, good good gracious, I'm trying to be polite here. Um he, they got showed something. Because watching the offense last year under the Canada system, I know there was some um, you know limitations based on what who Big Ben is now compared to what Big Ben was five, ten years ago. But that offense has got showed something. I mean, I'm not sure if it's gonna be a top ten offense. But it's going to be, he needs to show some stuff. Hey, if I can mention something, and again, I appreciate you guys' patience. I saw a comment from Kathy going, are you in an airplane? I'm not in an airplane. My (laughs) house is very noisy right now, so I'm out in my garage. And um, my apologies in advance. We have some traffic going by my house, and... Somebody was driving on their rims, so you probably heard some noise hey. in the background. So my apology, thank you students nation for being um, patient with me, but I
0: just had to dress that. I'm in my garage right now, so this is really fun. Hey, we do it where we can do it, right? Yeah, I definitely. think it's, yeah, you know is this is, uh, is going to be a fun a fun training camp, a fun uh, upcoming schedule. Let's get to one more question here and uh, it's another one from Brian says, do you think Miles Jack will shore up the middle linebacker position and help Devin Bush play better? Coach Flora's influence, I think, will help. Chris, you, what do you think about Miles Jack and Devin Bush this year?
1: I like the combination. I have high hopes for him. I'm hoping, and obviously there's a lot of things that win to Devin Bush. I mean, he was hurt last year. I think he wasn't. Entirely healthy, which I think really affected his play. Love the fact that the Sewers have a great coach like um, Brian Flores. I think Brian Flores can make Devin Bush a better linebacker. But you know mm-hmm. how it goes. You know you've got to listen to your coach. You have know, the greatest coach in the yep. world, but you've got to put that into play. So right. it's going to be a big question. I mean, that's why train camp can't come soon enough. There's a. Uh, I mean, we could talk for the next half hour about all these questions coming up. I think it's possible. I'm excited to see what can happen with a good. Jack-Bush combination. We just got to see it in reality and hopefully it works out. I have high hopes, but I'm a little guarded, but I think it could be a good combo.
0: Yeah, man. I think that athletically they match up well with what the AFC brings from an offensive perspective. The AFC is all about those big passing offenses. And I know the Steelers play some some teams in their division like the Ravens and the Browns that really like to, to run the football. You know, they're running teams first and foremost um but given the fact that they have to play joe burrow jamar chase the Bengals, and uh the guys that come out of their backfield like joe mixon that likes to catch passes and um you know these guys these guys profile as good coverage linebackers and uh it's gonna be interesting to see how the Steelers use them sub package football obvious rushing downs are are both of those guys gonna be on the field do they bring in somebody else as the thumper, maybe a Buddy Johnson type guy. I think that's a guy we're looking forward to see this year in training camp as well. Um, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be a fun rest of the off season. And I think you know, right now, every team in the NFL, every fan, you uh, if you ask them, they can see a a scenario where their team is is really good, but we can also see scenarios where. They're not so good and I think we got to be open-minded this year especially as Steelers fans too. hey there's a lot of changes happening there's a lot of structural changes, a lot of scheme changes, a lot of personnel changes. Um, I mean the stadium changed names for crying out loud so there's a lot of changes right so we're gonna have to see how this team copes with that how they deal with flying under the radar and uh, it's gonna be fun one last question before we go let's let's do Steeler Chick 46 there's always talk about entrances to Latrobe. How would you make a special entrance if you were a player, Chris? Man, this is a fun question. This, let's talk. Yeah, you, you go first. I'm, I'm thinking of a couple different ideas. Uh, okay, sure. About? So, let's see here. I'm I'm going to say that uh, personality-wise, and you could probably uh, you could probably bounce this off all of my family members, and they'd say he's going to pick the most flamboyant way to get in, right? So I don't know what I'd do. I probably if I had player money obviously i'm gonna buy myself probably some really souped up sports car and uh just drive in making a bunch of noise and you know making a bunch of noise maybe a couple donuts in the parking lot back that thing in uh right next to coach t you know so uh just really make my presence known there uh at latrobe just a fun way to do it music probably some music blaring as well and uh man make myself an entrance what do you think chris
1: I've gotten a little bit more shy as I've gotten okay, older. Sure. So, not, I'm 47 now, so not that I would ever they would ever have a 47-year-old <laughs> at pro. but if I was coming to this year, I'd probably drive my car and be under the radar because if I did anything flamboyant, they'd be like, holy cow, Chris is amazing. What's he going to do on the field? I'm going to get on the field and uh, I'll get blocked and break my leg the first play and they will be like, oh, what a failure. So, I won't be under the radar because if you're under the radar and when you flop like I was a 47-year-old rookie, Mm. uh, you know, no one would freak out. But if I came in like A-B or something and you know, everyone's like, whoa, he's amazing, he's going to be great. And when they find out how horrible of a player I really am, they'll disappoint people. So I want to just set <laughs> a low bar of expectation so why I fail horribly it won't affect me or the public as much.
0: There you go. Uh, maybe another one this year is just drive up in a big old ketchup bottle. That's all you got to do. <laughs> See, but then that goes back to
1: everyone complaining about the stadium. Like, why is Big Ben commenting on the state of name change? I, I, I'm I, not going to win this argument here, but it just it was crazy. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah,
0: well, hey, like you said, Steelers fans just looking for something to talk about till training right. camp kicks off. It's coming up quick. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us here on the Steelers Q&A. Thank you for your interaction with us tonight. It's always fun to get to talk to you guys. Chris, I'll let you plug – your stuff coming up for the website, and then we'll get out of here.
1: Yeah, um, our show is the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour. Um, we get released every Sunday morning, so there's a new um, episode up there. I do it with my friends uh, Paul Yanchek and Joe Frost. Uh, this week we're yelling about the stadium, and I'm yelling at hey. Steelers fans who don't get it. So <laughs> if you didn't have enough of my vending, um, I've been a little bit more. And we also do a, some Steelers content on my... Um, personal podcast the Ohioan. so check it out if you like me paul and joe being silly we, we just get a lot more silly
0: on there too so it's a lot of fun there you go man uh my wife is from columbus so we were yeah. up there just a little a couple weeks ago actually and uh she's converted me into a buckeyes fan so it's uh it's a lot of fun it sounds like you got some buckeye blood running in you as well so uh,
1: to be honest as a journalist i have kind of given up most fandom um, so okay. yeah, I pay attention because it's definitely part of why I do with my work. But it's just more of just it, you gotta
0: be you gotta keep it all in
1: perspective, right? Well, when you get to be a journalism guy, you lose some of your fandom, which is disappointing. I mean, I miss kind of doing that. But Ohio State's a big thing down here, and it's it's fun to be yeah. around and it's fun to write about. Obviously, geez, we're putting out four or five stories a day on the Buckeyes sure. since July. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous,
0: <laughs> right? And people are reading them. I'm sure of it. All right. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at the Vets 93 T-H-E-B-T-Z-9-3. The Steelers fix. We're actually recording tonight uh, oh. after this is oh. over. Andrew and I are, and uh, we're going to come uh, to you again on Tuesday afternoon, right at noon. So check out the Steelers fix. I mentioned my article about Mitchell Trubisky that's coming up uh, here soon. And then I will also be continuing my series on the Steelers fantasy football profiles And I think we're going to talk some Deontay Johnson next. So check that out when it comes out. As always, remember to check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Chris, have a good night, my man. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Thank you, Steeler Nation. We'll talk to you again soon.